0: Welcome to the fifth podcast in this Journeys to Treasury series. Although every market and region is at a different level of maturity in the digitization of payments, we're seeing innovative digital payment methods and platforms emerging globally with an increasing focus on real time settlement and rich data. In this podcast, we discuss what these developments mean for treasurers and how they can benefit. I'm Helen Sanders, and I'd like to introduce you to our four participants today. Christian Minich from SAP, Coralie van Zyl from BMP Paraba, Carsten Cole from PwC, and Massimo Battistella on behalf of the EACT. So thank you to all four of you for joining this podcast today. Carsten, I'd like to start with you if I may. What do we mean
1: by digital payments? Digital payments are really an evolution of the payment scheme. Historically some regions still rely heavily on paper-based methods like a check or cash. An evolution has happened that some markets already have had electronic payments for a while with XML payments, ACH payments, wires, and the next step in that evolution is really digital methods with new innovative providers that have grown over the last 20 years like PayPal or Apple Pay or Zelle in the US like uh, alipay or wechat in china and those providers are really starting to change the market
0: great thank you and coralie perhaps i could ask you you know we hear about new digital payment methods and platforms quite regularly particularly in the consumer space as karsten's been discussing but are digital payments really new
2: well not really. I think it depends from which angle you are, you are looking at it, from which segments we are focusing on. So if you focus indeed huh, on the consumer space, meaning on uh, the customer, pay, consumer paying business, uh, I would say that there we have quite of a revolution, we can say, or, or at least that the speed of the evolution is very, very fast. So, there, there is a, um, a changing in the payment experience. The way the, the consumer can make the payment is totally uh, changing. There is a wide variety of uh, means to be used, a new way to get in connection to make the payment. So, that is, as has been said, the e wallet, the Apple Pay, the mobile payments way of working. And all this will enable the, the business side to review this business model, review its business. Uh, experience with the client. So really reworking on the um, customer journey. If you go on the business to business side there, I would say the digital payment is more a constant uh, and fast evolution than a revolution. That's already a while ago that the payments uh, in the business to business are made on a a full digital uh, method. I think on the business-to-business side, where we do see evolution is more on the end-to-end process around the payment. So there is a a strong will to have more and more digital um, experience around the payment. So from the initiation for sure, but for investigation or for confirmation. So the change is a little bit different. It's on on the way to follow the payment instruction that the digitalization occurs. Great. Thank you. And
0: Christian, if I could turn to you now, what demands are you seeing for digital payments? And what are the differences across different industries? We've already mentioned the differences between consumers and businesses, but obviously there's more subtlety than that.
3: Yeah. Very interesting question. And and first of all, of course, I would agree to the points that that Karsten and Coralie have made. It's more really on on the the B2C side where we see really a change when more of those innovative um, payment methods are getting into the discussion of how you deploy, um, for example, systems alongside the ERP or the TMS system. So it has started already quite, ago, quite a while ago in which corporates were asking, how can I handle PayPal payments? How do I deal with credit card payments? My customers want to get most of the payment experiences that are out there and want to benefit from all kinds of different uh, payment methods because this is at the end of the day, something what, what can be a key differentiator for a user experience uh, for a potential buyer in a shop. And we have seen an acceleration of those cases uh, through the COVID pandemic in which have many of our clients have changed the business model what they had typically. This may include industries like pharmaceutical, which are moving from indirect sales to direct sales by providing e-commerce shops. But also if you think into the direction of the new players really the stars that came up very strong out of the crisis like media and entertainment where you share third party content where you do streaming where you sell virtual events concerts something like that those industries are major um, consumer of those new payment methods same applies for maybe the one or the other traditional industry you may have in mind like automotive where we are changing from selling cars rather going into the direction of having mobility as a service which of course requires a digital payment experience as well or retail where we see more and more retailers not managing only an online shop rather going into the direction becoming a marketplace also resell other stuff which maybe complements their solution portfolio and all those players need to deploy and provide the right solutions um, to cover the aspect of, of digital payments i agree that in a typical corporate to bank space and also in very, various regions we have seen that already for a while Um, From an adoption point of view, I think um, APJ is most advanced because there's less legacy in place, as you know. Um, US is accelerating, certainly, and EMEA, I think it got started already, this entire topic of um, how to handle digital payments with the introduction of SEPA by the end of 2006, 2007. This discussion was, uh, you know, always on the agenda for treasurers. What now really changed is rather the B2C space and how it kicks into the treasury discussion.
0: Great. Thank you, Christian. And, and Carsten, I think you had some uh, data that is uh, on this, bearing in mind the uh, the benchmarking survey that PwC does, which I know digital payments was quite an important theme this year.
1: Yes. And I can, that benchmarking survey, and that's a preview to the latest edition of 2021, really confirms uh, Christian's point. So in our survey, we had more than 20% of our customers who... Con- Uh, iterated that they are actively working on integrating digital payment methods into their systems. And that is primarily on the B2C space. So that is typically companies like media companies. We have a number of streaming services that are integrating each and every digital payment method into their system and provide that service onto their end customers on the outgoing payment side, however, our customers are still relying often on traditional methods, like still electronic methods, like the XML payments. Also with some constraints that we still have on uh, topics like, SEPA instant payments that still have an amount constraint of hundred thousand euros per payment. But this trend is definitely evolving and it is a serious uh, part of the business of our clients.
0: Great. Thank you. And on the theme of SEPA instant credit transfers, uh, perhaps I could come to you, Massimo. What do you see as the, the sort of the, the obstacles and the opportunities for corporates and merchants in using the separate instant credit transfers?
4: Let's start from the opportunities. Uh, I frankly believe that in a world which is now digital, is real-time payment should be the same, payment should be the real time. So I really believe that instant payment will be the new normal in in, in some years. Uh, It's clear that there are many business models in which uh, uh, there is a a sort of uh, uh, delivery against payment solution. Uh, And on these business models, it's clear that the instant payment could be uh, really useful. And in my opinion, could be uh, a solution that uh, uh, could uh, compete uh, with the payment solution based on cards. Okay, uh, this is particularly true on the web, but will be true, uh, in my opinion, also at uh, any point of interaction, so also in the shops. And this is a major opportunity for corporates and, and, and in particular for merchants. Uh, the obstacle, uh, I mean, for to me, the major obstacle today is reachability. Uh, with not all banks. Uh, reachable for for this kind of payment, Uh, it's clear that from a corporate point of view it's possible to manage uh, a payment without knowing exactly if uh, the counterparty is reachable or not. And this is a a very big issue that in my opinion should be uh, shortly addressed by uh, the the European Commission and uh, the European Central Bank. uh, yes, another big topic uh, is what uh, was already mentioned. Uh, for corporates, payments, either you, if you pay or if you receive, are connected to their systems. And we need some standardization, at least in the basic functionality to inst- uh, an instant payment and to receive information about uh, the uh, a payment that has, has been done in our favor. And this should be done, if it's possible, to a basic standard solution to be used by any users in Europe.
0: I understand. And we, you, you, would talk about the sort of the the basic product, if you like, the instant uh, credit transfer. But what related developments are you seeing? I mean, one of the things that we're starting to see more discussion of is request to pay, for example.
4: Yeah, yeah. Request to pay is an enabler, in my opinion. Uh, it could be actually related to the instant payment in many business models. But uh, what is really important in my opinion is that uh, it could create uh, a solution in which the um, request to pay combined with an instant payment could create a payment solution that could compete with cards so uh, cards were created uh, decades of years years ago, when this was not there, was not possible to have instantaneous remittances. And now we can have the same experience from the customer point of view, without having all the understructure that the cards have because the payment can be done immediately. And this uh, can cancel all the issue of guarantees that merchants should have in order to give uh, the goods immediately uh, just after the transaction has been uh, has been done.
0: Great, thank you. So earlier on, we talked about some of the opportunities created through digital payments, uh, particularly to facilitate e-commerce, whether of course that's B2C or B2B. But what are the challenges, what are the difficulties with adopting digital payments? Karsten, could I ask you?
1: And each new payment that we have requires a need also to integrate these payments with the current IT landscape. And that is specifically with the ERP systems as uh, these are having and recording the active transactions with the customers, with the counterparties, less with the treasury systems. And when integrating these digital payment solutions, we still find that uh, the type of interfaces and the information provided by the different digital payment providers varies a lot, while some of them provide line item data with invoice number with customer references that really makes it easy to apply cash. Other providers provide gross amounts by currency, by region, which will then in itself create uh, difficulties to allocate this cash and uh, to record that uh, in accounting in the ERP systems.
0: Thank you. And and Christian, uh, anything you would add to what Garson's just said?
3: Yes, absolutely. I agree to, to Carson points. It's quite complex. So at the end of the day, it applies to the entire order to cash process. And and even um, in many cases, it goes beyond that. Basically, if you look across the process chain, typically involved systems are the online shop or the e-commerce system, an order system or a billing system, which applies to many customers in the telco business, for example. Those are typically even outside the ERP. And and even here, you need to manage a connection and, and uh, the ability to share data, so the challenge is basically to manage the entire end-to-end process from order entry um, through the ERP system, which does then the invoicing, the accounting, the accounts receivable, and then the matching, which Carson has already referred to, is also a little bit of a challenge. Lastly, if you look into the particular um, challenges around um, connectivity and comparing that to the traditional corporate to bank channels, um, the dealing with credit cards might be a little special because you have to deal with particular payment service providers. There is less standardization in place. And then there is the issue of um, you know, having um, the right um, technology in place, which is certified in order to be compliant with the so-called PCI standard, which stands for Payment Card Industry Data Security standard, which means you are not allowed to take customer's credit card data into your ERP system. Those needs to be tokenized and to provide it in a certified system. Those are challenges what customers um, have to handle when they look into the process and how to embed that into end-to-end system. And you can already see here, there's lots of parties involved, um, not necessarily only treasury, yeah? So, but we will come to that later.
0: Absolutely. So with those sort of challenges, but that both you and Carsten discussed, How can some of those be overcome, would you say, Christian?
3: So typically, the the world has changed. And and we have talked about that also in in previous podcast editions. On the one hand side, there are APIs, which are making the connectivity between the system a little easier. And then the same time, in meanwhile, there are um, dedicated solution providers that are providing connectivity through various payment service providers as well. So modern systems have those um, capabilities in place. And with that in mind, you can imagine, has the advantage that you can connect multiple systems even to multiple um, PSPs. To better understand that, maybe we, we need to look into the entire process chain. Yeah, So a customer typically buys at the point of sale or in the online shop, then the order, or we call it the billable item, comes to the ERP, where we do, for example, um, the matching with the business partner details. We do also a credit rating, of course, whether the the, the customer is is in a good shape to get the service or the product in place. the invoicing and the payment is being done and being triggered. And then the credit card data are transferred, tokenized to the PSP and the payment will be matched then automatically once um, it it gets confirmed. And to do so, the API is being established between the the commerce systems and the ERP systems. And then we we would deploy typically or recommend clients to deploy a cloud system that can manage the, the connection to various PSPs that it is a scalable solution and covers the needs.
0: Great, thank you. So, Coralie, in your view, how far are we away from a fully digital payment experience?
2: It will depend on the case by case and the client's uh, position, in fact, because um, so what it's clear is that there is all the means available to create a uh, true digital end to end experience on the payment. I think Christian already mentioned some of them. Uh, So. All the piece of the puzzle becomes uh, available, and there is different way to bring those those pieces of the puzzle together. Here, what is very interesting on discussing this true digital end to end experience, it's really that um, it is a discussion on the use case I must say. It's almost a one to one discussion every time. It depends on what we want to reach. It depends on what we want to establish. Um, there is. Uh, we have mentioned already several times the link to uh, e-commerce, the link to direct shopping, that's for sure. Uh, there is also other uh, business model that arrives, like uh, for example, um, one of our clients is uh, working on instant payments together with an API connectivity. And in fact, this client working uh, as an insurance company is able to directly reimburse this client's claim, meaning that the process is becoming interactive and uh, almost instant from the opening of the file, handling of the file, and paying back the claim. Everything happens at once. So it means a lot of change also on the on the process mode, on the end-to-end process, another point that we were mentioning also earlier. The different actors in the company are impacted by this true end-to-end experience. Um, And that's the reason why I say, how far are we from a true digital end-to-end experience? I think it depends on the reality of each company. Understand. And to what extent would you say
0: COVID-19 has accelerated that process?
2: Yeah, I think COVID-19 has accelerated digitization in general, I mean, from one day to another, when you have potentially thousands of employees working from home, you have no other choice That put everything on a digital mode. Um, so, yeah, that's an understatement. If I, if I should say that COVID crisis has not accelerated that, that's for sure. Um, at the same time, again, um, the solutions are there. They are the piece of the puzzle. And I think at some point we need to to embrace those different pieces of the puzzle and reflect on the business model that we want to implement. So in fact, COVID-19 is giving maybe more focus on that opportunity or is uh, making us more sensitive to those reflections. But on the business-to-business world and on the payment world, I think digitalization is ongoing since a very long time. Uh, We mentioned SEPA earlier. We mentioned instant payments earlier. Uh, Massimo explained also about request to pay. I think that all those initiatives on the digitization of payment is already there for a while. So yes, COVID has accelerated, but it was there already before. understand.
0: That's very clear, thank you. Um, Christian, if I could just pick up on a point you made earlier about Treasurer's involvement uh, and input into that digital payments agenda. As as you men- mentioned, it's not always Treasurer's driving this. So how can they input more um, specifically and more proactively into that digital payments agenda?
3: So typically, I think this this entire discussion is, is typically... Um, a subtopic under a broader digital transformation journey what a corporate would run through because that that includes of course routes to market how wanna sell and stuff like that. And I think besides the drivers from the C-level, then typically you have uh, finance, legal, and IT being involved. However, the treasurer at the end of the day needs to be involved because typically he holds the relationship to the banks and also to the vendors that are out there. And at the same time, it requires also a certain understanding what might change in terms of how do they manage the cash flows and stuff like that, which which has certainly an impact. So I think in in modern organizations, this is typically um, done in a way that those experts are being involved Right from the beginning, in order to make it an an, an approach that can really work out for the organization, um, yeah. So I, I think that's important that it is um, a cross-functional team setup that is required to make it a um, yeah, you know, a, a positive project basically.
0: Great, thank you. So finally, I want to ask all four of our participants about what your views are on what digital payment trends we could see in the future and how treasurers can. Prepare for those for those changes and those new trends. Massimo, could I start with you, perhaps?
4: Yes, as I mentioned, what we see in the real near future is uh, uh, the creation of these pan-European payment acceptance schemes that should allow uh, uh, users to use Eastern uh, uh, payment combined with FTP everywhere. Okay, so that this is uh, surely something that treasury should should be prepared. To, to manage in the near future. And another topic, in my opinion, is that uh, we can see was already touched by uh, that during the preceding discussion, uh, that uh, the treasurer should be able to manage to participate to the governance of the process that combines uh, uh, payment solution uh, in with ERPs, uh, with the uh, treasury systems, uh, with commercial systems in order to Let's say, um, be able to manage all the information related to the payment that should be managed in a real world, real time world, in order to allow to get the benefits from uh, real time payments.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Massimo. And Coralie?
2: I think the treasurer can be prepared by uh, working very closely with the business on the first step. Uh, Understanding the way the business uh, will uh, deploy their solution and how they want to accept to be paid. Um, We have spoken about the different payment experience that is implemented, the different uh, payment instrument that is coming. At the end of the day, all those payment has to arrive in accounting and in treasury. So I think it's important for the treasurer to understand what are the means that their business want to offer to the clients and to see what will be the impact on their system and how they can um, approach those impacts with different solutions uh, to make sure that they stay uh, efficient and they stay well informed of all this, uh, those those flows of transactions. That would be one element. A second element, we do see more and more integration of several processes around uh, the payments. Uh, we have touched upon a bit earlier also. Huh? So sharing data will be important. End-to-end processing will be important. uh More and more interaction with different actors in the company, uh, which ends with uh, the end of the transaction being a- at the treasury side. So that will be maybe the next uh, step in the future. So integration of end-to-end process, like, for example, e-invoicing. Uh, invoicing sitting on the process to pay and the order to cash process uh, and this is where i believe we will see more and more move and integration uh, linked to uh, the digital payment great thank you christian
3: um yeah actually i i see two waves i would say on the one hand side there will there will be um Basically, the continuation of, of the ongoing discussions, as we have also touched on during the podcast, so how to apply more digital payment methods. But I also agree to the point from Massimo, if you look it to the cost perspective and comparing, for example, an instant payment uh, with typical credit card payments, in particular, considering fees that are being uh, charged to corporates, I think there is an opportunity for a broader rollout of those teams as well Um, and the other topic which is ahead of us which is basically rather a little bit more midterm is the topic like digital currencies as they are discussed uh, on the European central banks and and we have that seen also in various associations that this is now being discussed with corporates about the digital euro for example and the use of wallets and maybe even cryptocurrencies which we are also seeing coming up a little bit as um, POC related um, uh, projects um, but um, the demand is increasing and we are preparing from a technology point of view um, yeah, to, to benefit from that and also to provide a
1: solution portfolio
3: to cover those needs.
0: Wonderful and finally Carsten
1: yeah. uh, From a treasury side I can really only recommend treasurers to stay informed to stay up to date and uh, to actively involve themselves in the discussions as those digital payments not only can help to provide better customer experiences to your own customers jointly with all of your teams out in the market but it will also help you to stay up to date and to add new efficient features to your payment landscape and last but not least take that opportunity as well to embrace technology and see really how you can best leverage that technology to improve your processes to integrate your list system landscape and to really provide a better customer experience in the payment space.
0: Great, I think that's a great point to finish on. So thank you so much for that, Carsten. Thank you very much to all four of our participants today. It's been a really interesting conversation. And given the speed of change that we've been describing, it'd be great to have this conversation again in, in one or two years, because I think the uh, the landscape uh, will have changed quite substantially in the meantime. So. Thank you again, and we look forward to welcoming you again on the next podcast.